Hand. 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 If you're all fingers and thumbs, then you've come to the right place. So quit your Hand. job and crack open a Hand. shandy because it's time for the last Devil Times 5 of 2022. Yes, hello, you are listening to episode 72 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. And this month, our theme is films where people's hands get cut off, but then the hand comes back to life and moves around of its own accord, probably killing some people, even though it's just a hand. Six years into the podcast, and no one can say we're running out of ideas. <laughs> I'm Cliff, and joining me are my fellow devils who each have the full complement of ten fingers. Problem is, we're just not sure where they've been. Bryony, Luke, and Emily. Hey. Hello. Two ill, two ill devils. Yeah, yeah. post covid and spaced out. Yeah, I've just got not COVID. It's like COVID, but it's not COVID, and everyone has it. It's a hot new thing. Yeah, well done. Thanks. You're an uh, early adopter. I'm just very zeitgeist like that. See, I thought I had that, and it turned out to just be boring old COVID. Uh, God, so old-fashioned. Get with the program, man. I'm retro. <laughs> Vintage. Retro virus, whoa. <laughs> The heady days of 2020. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and our guest devil this month is that rare thing, an improv comedian who's actually really funny. From the <laughs> improvised musical comedy trio Do The Thing, please put your, well, you know, together for the wonderful Simon Plotkin. Hello. How are you? How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm recovered from the thing that's not COVID. Um, so I had it before it was cool. So it was uh, even more with it. You guys all need to get better immune systems because I'm fine and have been for <laughs> ages. Sort it out. I'm glad you're not a doctor, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> it's cancer, but I'm all right. <laughs> Every time you say to Cliff, oh, I'm not very well, he's like, oh, I've never been ill. I've never ever been ill apart from once. Uh, I'm Cliff. I'm amazing. Look at my white blood cells. <laughs> and he shows you them as well. He gets he does, his white blood cells. He gets out your white blood cells <laughs> in the pub in front out. of everyone. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> it's the power of the white blood cells. The white white blood cell power. That's what. That's yeah, what don't that's... get that on a t shirt. Yeah, uh, yeah, that didn't sound. Uh, that didn't sound right. White no, blood cells. Yeah. Really not right. Cut that. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, last time I saw you, Simon, you had both hands, two hands, both attached to your yeah. wrists and arms. I better check before we start. Is that still the case? Yeah, I'm going to be raising one at a time, so I could just be uh, sitting <laughs> um, around. But, yeah. It could Stop be a magic trick. Yeah, I just didn't want to be like potentially insensitive in case you know something had gone yeah. wrong in the interim. No, I've not had my hands cut off yet. Um, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's handy. Handy for typing. Definitely. <laughs> That's why they're called hands. That is why they're called hands. I think so. Wait a second, what came first? Something being handy or hands? No, they're called hands because they're named after the guy who discovered them, who was German, who was uh, called Hans. Uh, hands handy. Um, I think it, I think it's only appropriate that we give big Devil Times 5 waves to two of our most dedicated listeners. Firstly, Sammy Muller, who noticed that we were his number two most listened to podcast on his Spotify rap this year, behind a podcast about The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, and... An even bigger wave to the listener known as Hyperloy, who managed to rack up 46,279 minutes of DX5 on their Spotify last year. That is 32 days. Wow. I think it's, by my calculation, 666 episodes. Does he leave it on when he's going to sleep, though? I, That's the question. I hope so. And then we could do a special shout out to him, like, go to sleep. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 ASMR episode, nice. Go to sleep. Here is a knob joke. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Veloy, we love you and we thank you, but what the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> Get better white blood cells. Listen to something else as well as us. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> I'd happily listen to one about Sopranos. I'm going to give it a go. I like Sopranos. I like pretending that I'm um, Christopher Mossante's girlfriend because I like the way she says, Christopher! So I like to Christopher. wander around the house. Christopher, you sat on my dog! You like killed my dog, Christopher! You sat on my goddamn dog! You sat on my dog, you piece of shit! Uh, your yeah. hair was touching the toilet water and made me sick. I know someone who did actually kill their dog by sitting on it. Genuine, was oh. it? Oh, yeah. Was they off their face on heroin? Because that's what is it? No, no. I, she didn't realise the dog had gone behind the sofa bed bit as she folded the sofa bed back to oh, no. and oh. So it was more the sofa bed sat on the dog, really. But <laughs> kill a sofa. They literally teams. kill a sofa. Oh, kill a sofa! What a film! That is a brilliant film. Yeah. I wish we'd watch that instead of all of these. <laughs> I don't know if you're referencing a film that does exist. Or oh, yeah. It does exist. Yeah, yeah, it does exist. It's very good. If it exists, people. it's killed someone in a horror film. Killer sofas, killer chairs, killer chaise longs, killer uh, stools. Well, the thing is, the ki- killer stools. <laughs> killer yeah. stools, yeah. Is that Shivers? Oh, David Cronenberg's yeah. Shivers. I shit in your grave. Yeah, yeah, shit, yeah, shivers. Uh, yeah, I mean, the killer sofa in Killer Sofa is actually a chair, not a sofa. But what? You know. uh, yeah. I yeah, it's a lazy boy. It's, it's a, a lazy, lazy boy recliner. Oh, do they try and call it killer chair? They're like, that won't play. You got to call it killer sofa. They won't believe a killer chair. Just call it killer sofa. Because then you get the tagline so far, so bad. Doesn't work with chair. It was meant to originally be called Lazy Boy Lover, but then they were like, no one's gonna think that's a horror <laughs> film. It's called no. Lazy Boy Lover. Yeah. I'd watch it. He sounds soft. He sounds nice. He sounds good. He won't kill you. He's very cute, the killer sofa. Oh. Yeah. Cuddly, yet deadly. Yes. Anyway. I'm off my tits on them sips. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Extra strength paracetamol. I'm with you. Oh, mate, I've just been racking up lines of lem sip. Nice. I don't think that's the best way to take them. Uh, now let's see what's been getting the thumbs up and what's been getting full-on sweary V-fingers in this month's highs and lows. Bryony, you can start. Oh, can I? Um, it's an oldie. It's Firewalk With Me. I finally finished watching it. Um, it's my high because I cannot tell you what the fuck happened in it. Therefore, it must have been good. We did talk about this at length. In our... Yes, we did in our Art House episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch it like really soon. And then I finally watched it like two years later. It's good, isn't it? Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely oh, yeah, cracking. Good. Love cracking. it. Only this year have I started watching Twin Peaks, and I'm obsessed. A side note: I'm obsessed with Sign Peaks on Instagram at the moment, which is basically clips from Seinfeld with the music of Twin Peaks overlaid, <laughs> and it works really well. Though I don't really have a low. I was thinking about my end of the year ones as well. I've had a good year for film. I guess like I've been continuing to watch the Guillermo del Toro. Um, cabinet of curiosities and like for every one good one there is like a couple of quite naff ones i know it was my high last month but this month's gonna be my low because it was the episode with crispin glover in it and his accent just i don't know where the fuck it's going i love crispin glover but yeah some of the choices made in in this particular episode was very dull so Um, which one's that it's the painty one it's like it's based on a love cross story i can't even remember what it's called apologies the uh what was it the something the something man Oh, I yeah. forgot. The white the man. man. Hooray. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Pickman's model. Yes, that's what. Uh, directed by uh, that one's directed by Keith Thomas. Who the fuck's Keith Thomas? It sounds like some awful British soul singer from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that it might just be some random bloke that Guillermo del Toro met on a plane or something. Mm. Oh, you know it is most of the time. Keith Thomas directed The Vigil, that Jewish funeral horror thing, and um, the remake of Firestarter that came and went this year without anyone noticing, I think. Yeah, with Zac Efron. What? Zac Efron put a film out this year? They did a Firestarter remake and Zac Efron played the dad. What? Played the dad? I never felt so old. Zac Efron Efron (laughs) playing the dads now, is he? So when did that happen? I remember seeing bloody High School Musical 3 in the goddamn cinema. Yeah. And he was like, I'm never going to be a dad. <laughs> now he is. <laughs> so that was, what was that? Pickman's model. It was a really good one. The autopsy one is amazing. Yeah, autopsy one is great. It's like when you get to the end of the... I'm getting a lot of chocolate at the moment. So I got like really nice chocolate and then you get like the shit rose one, like the pink one. You know the pink one, that shit. Well, out of, out of roses or... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like a really cloyingly one that tastes like you're eating perfume. And you reach them without looking, and then you get the cloying pink one, and it's like, blech, blech. The delicious strawberry one, you mean? The best one? Yeah, the the shit strawberry one. The nice, tasty (laughs) strawberry one that is the best everyone loves. I will save them all, and I will throw them at you next time I see you in the street. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) (laughs) While shouting that you're wrong. Yeah, you'll shout, I'm wrong, all of the like, I'll be in, in cloying strawberry heaven. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Simon. Let's move on from it, low. it's going too weird. Well, you see, my wife hates horror so much that I only have certain slots when she's out, and she was ill, so she couldn't go out. So all I've been able to do is watch these stupid hand films. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be this month, recently. Oh god! In the, in the in the dim and distant, even in the dim and distant future and past, whenever it was, uh, what did I? What, I thought the last out and out horror I saw in cinema, or even on on disc. Uh, VHS back in the eighties. Can you remember any from then? Oh yeah, I watched uh, Halloween uh, <laughs> Four: The Return of Michael Myers, <laughs> and uh, let me tell you this: it's underrated. Uh, uh, Daniel Harris. Really did. It was really good. So uh, big f- I wonder if they're going to make any more of those. Am <laughs> <laughs> I low light Halloween too? How could how could they do that? <laughs> too grim, too violent. Wasn't that the tagline? Too grim, too violent. That would be a good tagline. It would, wouldn't it? It's kind of jumping on the too fast, too furious bandwagon, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, mm. too grim, too violent. And then they bring the rock in and the franchise goes off the rails. And then they all go to space. Yeah. Well, that, yeah that is, that's, that's Fast and Furious 9. Yeah. Have they gone to space in Fast and Furious? Yeah, they went to space in a car. Seriously? <laughs> in Fast and Furious 9, I saw it in the cinema. Oh. I've not car. seen any of the Fast and Furious films, but I remember seeing the trailer for that one, and it was literally like, "Whoa, we're driving in space!" And I'm like, "This is not going to live up to the premise of they drive in space." So I'm not going to bother watching. It really it. doesn't, because the car goes so slowly, and they just have to then turn off something in space, and that's it. Turn off what? Like, like a slip road? That's kind of what they do, though, don't they? Not cars in space do that. Yeah. Do they? <laughs> they kind of just blow. They don't really have. It sort of sounds like something Elon Musk would suggest to solve a problem. I can't yeah. just send a car into space. Well, he already space. has. He has. That, he sent a car yeah, into space. Car in space yeah. Yeah. In space, no one can hear you indicate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drive, so I can't do any car puns. I know they've got wheels. Wheels. 
Wheels. Space wheels. Space wheels. I don't drive either. Carry on. Carry on with that, bro. Just just keep saying space wheels. Parking space. Parking space. Hey! Hey, there you go. Very good. God. But how are we spelling the park in space? Are we spelling it as just in the Oh, like the cake. Like like the cake. Like the cake. Parking. Oh, okay. Interesting. That works on several levels and it's going to confuse people on pretty much all of them. It's about a baker who goes into space and she's really bad at driving. Yeah. Parallel parking space cake. There you go. Yes, just remember baking is a science, as is space travel. As is parking. As is parking, apparently. I don't know, I don't, I don't drive. Neither do I, I'm just assuming. Okay, you sound very confident there. <laughs> Anything's a science if you can say it confidently enough, that's how it works. Say anything confidently enough, people believe you, it's brilliant. <laughs> when, I, when I drove you back from Glastonbury, that um, final parallel parking outside your house that I did was just in a higher car, I might add, was yeah. just one of the smoothest, best ones I've ever done. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, I've got was... a joke, I've got a joke, I've got a joke. What kind of car do you take to space? <laughs> a higher car, because it goes high into space. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty solid. I like that. I yeah. know, right? It's a shame I don't do stand-up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crimes of the Future. That was quite good. I watched that. Good choice. To be honest, I mean, I didn't love it, but it was interesting and uh, had some lovely bits with horrible, weird organs and what's-her-face being sexually simulated by surgery. Ooh. I mean, you know. What's not to like? What's not like? It's it's no Videodrome. It's no. I it wasn't as good as Possessor. I think his son's starting to eclipse him a bit. I love Possessor, but Crime to Future. Mm. Nice to see some some weird body horror on the silver screen. I'd say definitely. Uh, do you have a low or my low was the bloody scream, the new scream. Oh really? Yeah. The problem was it was just aggressively mediocre, and it kind of didn't really um, justify itself. Mm, I have minimal interest in watching that. Correct. I have feelings about it, but I'm going to save that for our end of the year highs and lows. Yeah, it was my end of the year low too. I've not seen much horror this year. Uh, Well, I'm glad we invited you on. Yeah, I've seen horror in general. (laughs) I've seen, I've seen, uh, what's it? Nightmare on Elm Street? Exorcist? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Psycho? I've seen, um, oh God, well, well, uh, (laughs) and now the screen, oh no, that's for today. I've seen, um, What's the one? Exorcist. <laughs> You've already said the Exorcist. Though it is very good, so you can you can say that one was the original cut and one's the director's cut. I've only seen the director's cut. I've only seen when it came out on video. Um, and I've seen. Can I quickly amend my high and low? Well, well, Simon struggles. <laughs> Not amend, just like add on to it. So there's an art show at Somerset House in London. It's fucking brilliant. So if you're a fan of horror, like Simon clearly is, um, <laughs> go to the Courtauld Gallery and go see the horror show. It's history of the past 50 years in horror in Britain. And it's literally just like all of your favourite TV shows, artworks, music and films in one big blob. And it's great. Uh, it's nothing I like more than an art gallery that can be described as a blob. It's a great blob. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. I had the best time there. So um, catch it while you can. Lake. Um, I'm going to do two highs because I don't really have a low. I haven't really watched much horror this month. I've been watching yeah. the Toy Story films and uh, just animated <laughs> stuff this month. Um, but I've got two highs, which are two Christmas films. So the first one is uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, about a uh, robot Santa going around killing people. Um, I wasn't on board in the first sort of 25 minutes, and all of a sudden it takes a turn 
gets really gory and it's just a lot of fun. I've read a lot of reviews of it and the first, what, 45 minutes are just two people talking about their favourite films and music. It's really odd. It feels like it wanted to be the before films but in a horror setting because there's like a whole bit where they're walking down the street in the snow talking for ages and if you've seen the before films you know that's just that's how those films are with tracking shots oh the uh, link letter before sunrise and all that yeah that's what the film wanted to be because they're all sort of comparing saying oh pet cemetery 2 is better than the first one it's like all conversations like that but it's it just reminded me of the before films, but not done <laughs> as well as those films. But that's about the first 25 minutes, and then it takes a turn partway through when the robo-santa starts killing people off, and then it gets really, really fun. I don't like what I've seen of Joe Bagels' films. He does that thing where he feels that to make a good horror film, all the characters have to be really horrible, and I don't like that. Did you not like Bliss? Not really, and VFW is really bad. I didn't like VFW, but I think Bliss is one of his best films. And his first film's quite fun. A lot of exploding heads in that one, and it's like Terminator. I love exploding heads, genuinely. If there's a film with exploding heads, I'm in. There's quite a few head stomps in Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Yeah, it's the one thing that the before movies are missing, really. There's <laughs> exploding heads. Well, you know, give them a chance. What, is there, is there a full <laughs> film out now? Is there going to be an exploded head in that one? They leave it about 12 years, don't they, before they make a new one. So we, we'll get another one probably in like three years. Well, I heard they fell out um, a little bit. So I think that might be because one of them wanted to take it in the artistic direction of head stomps. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of chatting, and then at the end of the film, head stomp. The tension is, you know there's a head stomp coming, but who's stomping who? One of them says to the other, I'm fucking sick of you. All you do yeah. is talk. Or like your classic rom-com where you have the people kind of like running towards each other at the end. And then at the end, plot twist, one of them knocks the other one over and their head explodes. Yeah. Like, yeah, the end of Four Weddings and a Funeral. I think I'll find it's two funerals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your other high, Luke? Uh, my other high is uh, Violent Night, which is in cinemas at the moment about... Santa going to deliver presents it's at a house. because it looks like it won't be good. It's 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 a lot of fun. Um, I'd okay. say, it's annoyingly, it's a film that starts with two like quite big action scenes, and then it's a, people talking for about twenty five minutes, um, and then <laughs> head stomp. <laughs> no, no head stomp. And, an hour in, it then, it then takes a turn. Is this going to be every film the head stomp? No, <laughs> no head stomp. Mm-hmm. Emily, I've got two highs as well. As part of a BFI horror season, I got to see Possession on the big screen. It's cracking. I don't think I realised when I've seen it previously quite how darkly funny it is, but it just gets funnier the more that you see it. So it's like Mm. for all the intense messed up stuff that's going on, there's so many scenes, especially towards the beginning of the film, that just end with like proper something like really silly. So I I kind of like getting that extra dimension to what is already an excellent and completely batshit cinematic experience fucking mad that film i know i love how mad it is though it's so insane yeah you could tell that i'm not well because i I would have come up with a better synonym for mad than insane (laughs) Uh, i probably would have just said batshit again um anyway yeah it was good and the other one well it's kind of a tentative high i saw bones and all oh i've still not managed to find a cinema screen in at a convenient time very annoying it's an interesting movie rather than a kind of a brilliant must-see one, and it's quite sort of languid and slow, but I thought it was interesting, and the bits that are gory are properly disgusting. 
there's one scene where you're like, oh, this is going to be icky. Oh, they're going to cut away. And they do cut away to the outside of the house where this particular bit of cannibalism grossness is going on. And then they go straight back in again. And I'm like, is that a deliberate kind of like, oh, no, I know this is an art house film. I couldn't possibly. Oh, no, look, here's some gore. (laughs) I quite enjoyed that. So, yes, it's it's an interesting watch and a a lot of people have slated it and I don't know why. Yeah, I really hope to see that before the year's out. But um, my high is a new Shudder release, A Wounded Fawn, directed by Travis Stevens, who did Girl on the Third Floor. It's uh, about a woman who goes on on a date, like second date, third date, which is being driven by the man to his uh, second home in the countryside, which seems like a bit much for a second date. There's red flags everywhere, literally at one point. <laughs> for example, he uh, talks about how great Yotamok Lengi is and why it's so great to cook his meals. Uh, I felt seen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, second half of it, or the last half hour, absolutely mental emily you would love it i was thinking of you all the whole time because it's it's folk horror it's, it's yeah, yeah, full-on yeah. folk yes. horror i just saw the poster and i was like yep that's going on there um yeah i've, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it and it's shot on 16 mil looks absolutely gorgeous it's so colorful so beautiful looking really really good like there's bits that you would think it was like a italian film from the 70s especially at the start in the scene at an auction just all the rainy close-ups and things it's amazing oh, cool. uh my low um, isn't really a, well, it isn't a horror film, but I will mention it just in case people think it is and decide to watch it, like I did. The Last Descent, which is a true story about a bloke who went potholing in, I'll, I'll come to the name of the cave in a moment, somewhere in, in Utah it is, and got stuck. Yeah, and they had to cement him in, didn't they? They did end up having to cement him in. Yeah. I mean, so it sounds quite horrible, but the problem is it's just so kind of folksy. They They speak like fucking idiots and the even the name of the cave is the nutty putty cavern or the nutty putty cave or something it's all just so really wind me up and then like it becomes apparent (laughs) that it's a christian film or a mormon film and he starts talking about his faith and everything when he's getting cemented yeah Yeah, i know someone else who's cemented into a cave jesus When you mentioned what the cave was called, my first thought was, I just know there's someone out there who uses that as a nickname for a part of their anatomy. Yeah. Nutty Putty. <laughs> nutty Putty Cave. Come spelunking in my Nutty Putty Yeah. Cave. Should we go to the Nutty Putty Cavern tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get stuck or I'll cement you in. Um, yeah. yeah what's, what's wrong with good old, good old fashioned changing at Baker Street? That's a much better oh. euphemism for it. <laughs> no one's heard of that euphemism. <laughs> no, no, it's because you changed from the pink to the brown line at Baker Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we, that we, makes yeah. sense. I didn't yeah. get it. I don't live in London. I don't get it. What's what's that mean, Cliff? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> you changed from the pink to the brown line. What? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What's that mean? What's it mean? Yeah, what's it mean? yeah. Could you explain <laughs> it to me? I don't understand what you mean. Yeah, if if you're on the Hammersmith and City and you want to get onto the Bakerloo, change to Baker Street. That's all. That's all I'm getting at. Luke's being cheeky funster again. He knows what you mean. <laughs> I love the fact that I said someone's part of their anatomy and you immediately assumed that was what I was referring to. Well, it was more Bryony saying, well, I suppose, you know. Don't, don't pin this on me. What else is nutty putty? I mean. Yeah. Well, not... I've just imagined that, that somebody somebody might call their vag that. You know, I was thinking of nougat the entire time. So yeah. I don't know where this film is oh, coming from. Oh, you know that, that famous story about Marianne Faithful, apparently, with the, and the whole Mick Jagger yeah. Mars bar thing? 
Did that I? with Nougat. That, well, she would have used Nougat because she was fancy. Did he put a Mars bar up her funny? Yes, put a Mars bar. Oh, that's so unsavory. Apparently she didn't have a Mars bar up her funny, but that was the story that the tabloids reported at the time. It was actually a Yorkie. <laughs> it was a Yorkie, yeah. <laughs> it was a Toblerone. She was kinky. <laughs> it's front page tabloid news, wasn't it? Pop star Marianne was, yeah. has, has Mars up fanny. Has Mars up funny. <laughs> that was on The Guardian and The Independent. Yes. yes. And then Elon Musk misread it and thought, yeah, no, I'm going to be the first fanny on Mars. <laughs> as, a, as a massive aside, and I'm not sure how we got onto this conversation, but me and my boyfriend were discussing a couple of months ago which of the, the stupid millionaires who went into space, which one of them had a wank while they were up there. William Shatner. Oh, it would have been Bezos. Definitely Shatner. No, I, I was. It was. It was um, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, or um, Richard Branson. See, I reckon Richard Branson did. No, 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 no. Because he, you'd, you'd see it in his beard when he came back. It was just a floated <laughs> onto it. it. Got stuck. That's why Jeff's head was so shiny. He rubbed it into his head. Oh, I didn't realise they were all in the same shot. That gives it a whole new dimension. Yeah, they're having competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a space race. It's just a just a very rich man's game of soggy biscuit. Yeah, yeah, soggy soggy biscuit in space. Anti gravity soggy Anti-gra- biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know that someone's a billionaire where they're like, hey, do you want to play Soggy Biscuit yeah. in space? <laughs> and they can afford it to be McVitie's as well. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Is that the most expensive biscuit you could think of? <laughs> McVitie's. <laughs> oh, sorry. Foxes, your majesty. Uh- <laughs> in space, no one can hear you cream. Hey. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Hey, that was good. Was <laughs> now I'm just wondering who is the worst cum face slash noise of all the space billionaires. It's definitely Musk, isn't it? Or is definitely. it? Oh, surely it's no. I reckon it's Bezos. You think Bezos? Bezos's head already looks like a bell end. So <laughs> are you saying he spunks out the top of it? <laughs> <laughs> I was alluding to that. Did you um, know the um? The Amazon logo, it's got an arrow going from the A to the Z to represent spunk coming out of Jeff Bezos' head. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. That's absolutely what that is. Isn't the slogan now, we're here to make you, and they make it look, it's supposed to be a smile. So it's like, we're here to make you spunk out your head. Is that what they're after now? <laughs> We've fallen far as a society, if that's, what, if that's what's going on. And that's why all the the Amazon boxes look like they've got they've got that tick that looks like a smile. It's because he's um, ejaculated on each one out of the top of his. Um, that's his not head. that's not glue they uh, seal if, them with. If, if he's done that, he's earned his money. As far as I'm concerned, if you can just spunk into every single Amazon package, you deserve to be one of the richest men in the world. The shit work that is incredible. Oh, he doesn't do all the spunking himself. Sometimes uh, he gets contractors in. Oh yeah. <laughs> but they only only can only be men that are similarly afflicted. Just warehouses full of bald men spunking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I gotta find me a new job. <laughs> yeah, Cliff. Finally, the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think we're done with that bit. Um, I think we're at highs and lows now. It's starting to high five this month's theme. You need hands. Our first feature this month is Roy Ward Baker's 1973 gothic horror, and now the screaming starts. It all began with a curse. A curse from the grave. The evil you did this day will be avenged. A curse of the dead 
dead hand that crawls, creeps, and kills. <laughs> the dead hand that lives. And now, the screaming starts. For them, and for you. On her wedding night, Lady Catherine is raped by a ghost with no eyes and only one hand. The ghost mostly disappears after that, but his severed hand is still on the rampage. Simon, you recently got married. <laughs> I was triggered by this uh, by this film. It's very similar <laughs> to my own family. My own family has a curse and land, and uh, you know, and thankfully, my mum wasn't a virgin when my dad bedded her, because otherwise, fuck, God, I could have been. What got me about this film is they're yeah. saying, okay, the curse is twofold. Just the run-up is your bride is going to be violated. That's just the run-up. The worst bit is you're going to have a disabled child. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the sort of the message of it was. That was shocking. It's one of those films where they don't really understand how birthmarks work. No. No. I liked two things about this film, though. Heaving Bosoms and Peter Cushing. Okay, And that cool. was it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, actually. Herbert yeah. Lorm and Patrick McGee. Mm. No, one of my other favourite things was when she walked past the dogs when she was wearing all black and she threw a stack at one of them and the other one was like, ruff, 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 and she did this amazing, like, eh? Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> so they fed one of the dogs. Yeah. And that's why the other dog attacked her, because she did a very indifferent shrug at him. It's very rude. Yeah, if you're rude to a dog, it rips your face off. It does, Everyone yeah. knows that. You've got to be polite to dogs, especially hot water bottle dogs. Especially what dogs? I'm glad you said hot water bottle because I thought you were going to say hot dogs. <laughs> uh, so that that's from a discussion we were having before we started recording. Yeah, because I said that I'd heard there was one breed of dog that was kind of used as like feet warmers, but I don't think it was a pug. Which end do you hold under the tap to fill them up? <laughs> hold the tail up. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, yes, there is a hand in this film. There is a hand in it. Not much, is there? No, there's not a lot of hand. Hand disappears after about 30 minutes. After the woman's got strangled and fallen down the stairs, it sort of just goes off. Yeah, the trailer makes it sound like there's a lot more creeping and crawling, but it's just occasionally there's a hand on a window yeah. sort of going, Ugh, a very lethargic hand. Just yeah, like, it's, it's not really putting in the effort, is it? No. Like, put your back into it, mate. Fuck's sake. It could open the window very well. When That window was always open. That was like the most terrifying thing it did a lot, the film, was the window being open. It was very good at latches. It was very good at latches, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's that bit, isn't there, where Catherine goes to the maid. <gasps> The window's open. It's like, oh, you know, I'm sure she's seen an open window before. <laughs> <laughs> the horror. Yeah. And windows were fairly new technology back then, I guess. Pre or post pug water bottles. Yeah, yeah. So pugs came first, then windows. Okay. If you were looking for a pug water bottle, how would you find a pug if you didn't have any windows to look out of? <laughs> how would you know when mum was walking past? People would just open the front door and, like, you'd order the dogs and then people would open the front door <laughs> and just, like, put a sack of them in with holes in because, you know, it's cruel otherwise. And would, would the king have, like, sealed the sack shut with his spunk that came out of his head? Yeah. That's right, yeah. yes. <laughs> That's why the whole family was cursed. That king was always spunking in dog bags. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a better backstory than the one that they actually have in And Now the Screaming Starts. Yeah. When did the screaming start? Started as soon as Stephanie Beecham got the script. Oh, yeah. Finished at the end of the film when she stopped screaming. She does a good job in this. I bet her screams are dubbed. That's that's my well, guess. Well, you know. She faints very well. 
She quivers. She finds very well. She's got a lot of outfits, maximum heaving bosomage. Yeah, she does well. Yeah, she was all right in it. I tell you what was really distracting about this film. The woodsman and his grandfather, probably the same actor, looked mm. really distractingly like contemporary Jimmy Savile. Like, <laughs> really. As in Jimmy Savile in the <laughs> 70s, contemporary to the film and the stream, screaming, and not the streaming starts. That'd be a terrifying <laughs> one set in the modern day. <laughs> No, that would be the Jeff Bezos version. Have you got Netflix? Do you have Disney Plus? And now. Oh, I'm watching a film. The streaming starts. It'd be pretty scary. That would be good. That's what they should call. Yeah, that's how you should. uh... I can't be asked. (laughs) Were you going to go with something like, and now the spunking starts? No. I wasn't. Sometimes I just know that I'm going to cut something out and I don't bother saying it in the first place. <laughs> I wish I could do that bit in real life. <laughs> oh, I've got a jizz related title alternative for this. <laughs> Go on. And now the creaming starts. Yeah, yes. you've already done that pun. Yeah, it's, it's a good pun. I can reuse it. Uh, for us doing films about hands, not enough hand. Not enough hand action, like a teenager <laughs> at a disappointing party. Yeah, there wasn't enough hand. The hand sort of just went away and then a group of men turned up to the town and it got a bit not all right and mm-hmm. a bit wrong. Um, it's what Whitney Houston's It's Not All Right But It's Okay was about, wasn't it? That flashback. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she says it's okay, so it's not it's about not, that. It wasn't okay. Oh, okay, yeah, no, good point. Mm. And I was remembering, Cliff, um, something you said earlier on at the start. Um, you said that we have our ten fingers in the film, he says, I've got my eight fingers and my two, and thumbs. two thumbs. Yeah. Mm. So we haven't got ten fingers. It's an interesting philosophical discussion, isn't it? Is that philosophical, really? We're screaming and learning about hands. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a philosophical discussion, somebody would want to argue that all of them were thumbs. Oh, can you imagine having all thumbs? Oh, that'd be horrific, wouldn't it? Oh. All thumbs. All, all thumbs. thumbs. The thing that did annoy me about this film is the dramatic zooming on the painting. How many times do they have to do that? Mm. That was confusing because it looked like the painting of the granddad and then like the ghost comes out of it. It made it look like the, the grandfather, the, the, the Ian Ogilvy's grandfather was the ghost, but it isn't. Which would have made more no. sense because he was a right old rotter, wasn't he? I was very confused by that. Is this based on a book? It's called And When the Reading Starts. Oh, nice. <laughs> yep. Fen Griffin by David Case. It has a lot of the the kind of tropes that you'd find in really, really old gothic fiction. The sort of Horace Walpole type stuff, which is quite psychedelic and mad and makes no sense. So I wondered if they were kind of going for homage to that. It's quite a repetitive plot. It's just whenever anyone's about to reveal some important information, they die. Yeah, Uh, That just happens over and over again. Yeah, until it's necessary for it to be revealed for the film to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice that... some of the incidental big reveal music was pretty much the same as The Shining. I didn't notice that. No, I didn't notice that. Dun, 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 dun. And it goes off into one, but it's definitely Shining. So maybe The Shining stole this music. Mm. That Kubrick. Interesting. Sneaky, sneaky bastard. Sneaky Stanley. Stan the Sneak. I've got one. I've got Stanley Creambrick. Oh, oh, right, okay. Yeah, okay. If, if, yeah. If, if Kubrick's doing the coming now. <laughs> <laughs> why not, eh? Eyes wide shut because of all the cum. <laughs> Dick hole wide shut. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. I'm so sorry. No, encourage it. 
Paths of glory, glory holes. Is that what you just said, Simon? I did say paths of glory holes, yeah. Oh, That's wow. very good. Jinx. Ah, yeah. ah, I've got one. Full metal jacket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Yes. <laughs> I like it. A cock jerk orange. Thank yes. Yeah. If it is orange, see a doctor. Doctor Strange Love, who I learned to stop worrying and love the cum. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is a very silly podcast. Um, <laughs> sticking with the gothic, 1947 gave us The Beast with Five Fingers, which features Peter Lorre as a very strange man. <laughs> Typecasting. First time I've heard him speak English, I think, because we saw him in M, but he was speaking German in that. But he's, he's got a great voice, hasn't he? But he did do the English version as well of M. I haven't watched the English version. Hang on. Uh, Emily, resident German expert, how is M pronounced in German? It's pronounced M. <laughs> Cliff, what film were we speaking about now? I didn't, sorry. Oh, The Beast with Five Fingers. But he actually hasn't got five fingers, though, has he? He's got, he's got four fingers and a thumb. <laughs> it's true, actually, yeah. Well, it, it, hang on, Luke, did you not see this one? No. How do you know? How do you know? It might have been five fingers. <laughs> well, the poster has the hand, like, coming into it, and I saw, you know... Four fingers and a thumb in the poster, so I thought, you know. So you're like, I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> it's a really good hand in this. I don't know how they did the effects in 1940. You, you give them a hand. You give them a hand for that. <laughs> Great effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. you got to hand it to them. Oh, I'll tell you what, there isn't a hand pun I haven't put in the script already. So <laughs> stick with the cum puns, I think. You're going to put your hands up and say that. Stick to the cum puns. I mean, we could do cum jokes, but on the other hand... Way, <laughs> On the other hand, your, your hand's covered. Covered in cum. Covered in cum. Yeah. Covered in cum. It's just covered in cum. It's not a pun. It's just mm. the hands covered in cum. <laughs> just cum. at this when you, you run out of um, sort of material for a pun, it was like when um, everyone was listing Stanley Kubrick once, and the only thing I thought about saying was Spartacus with the jizz. <laughs> Spartacus with jizz. Yeah, it's not it's not a pun, but it is. I'm just trying to get involved. I mean, the subtext of Spartacus. I just want of to feel included. Spartacus. Yeah, Spartacus. Spartacus. Yeah, of course. There we go. Um, I quite like the beast with five fingers um, because the 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 hand effect is good, and also I think Peter Lorre is absolutely ace. Good. Um, no, it's, it's, it's fun, this one. It's um, very silly. And mm. um, what's with the comedy Italian guy speaking to camera at the end? Going, oh, now uh, you've watched the film. Huh? It's, a, it's a me, Mario. Now shut up your face. I see you met my uncle at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Italians call it uh, Emma. M, the letter M, Emma. Well, by Jane Austen. <laughs> Um, too smart for the room, Simon. <laughs> too smart for the room. Sorry. I like that. That's good. Comma, comma. Jane Austen's comma. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Jizz Austen. Jizz Austen's comma. <laughs> Pride and prejudices. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sense and spunkability. Spunkability. <laughs> Mansfield pork. Yeah. <laughs> Northanger Abbey with man yogurt. Northwanger Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> I liked in the beast with five fingers the um, safe that's hidden behind the bookcase. Just like, did you, did you ever go to an eerie pub company pub, and the toilets were unmarked? They were just behind like secret bookcases. No, this sounds like a fever dream. No, 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 it's genuine. They they didn't have signs to the box. You just had to know where to go and which which bit of the bookcase to push on to open them. 
Interesting. How many people shot themselves? Yes. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> it's just a pile of vomit next to the, um, <laughs> the bookshelves. Oh, it might be this one. I mean, <laughs> as, uh, from my experience as a pub owner, uh, having signs to your toilets doesn't preclude people from shitting themselves no, in the pub. <laughs> Mm. Have people shot themselves in your pub? Well, judging by the number of shitty boxer shorts I had to pull out of the bog. Oh, oh no. I know, they try and flush them away once they've shattered them. You should stop putting laxatives in the beer, really. Yeah. <laughs> shitty boxer shorts are pretty bad to pull out of the bog. But <laughs> once someone tried to flush away some pebbles, <laughs> I don't know why. That sounds quite poetic. Do you know what, though? I've kind of accidentally done that boat once before because I went swimming on the beach in the summer and then I, like, pulled my clothes back on and we went to, like, one of the pubs on the seafront. It wasn't yours. Realised your fanny was rattling. Going... No, so it's like we obviously live on a pebble beach and there's lots of small pebbles and I just sort of shoveling my clothes back on and then went for a wee in the toilet and loads of pebbles fell out of my pants. Of your pants? Of my pants. Of your pants. Definitely of your yeah. pants, yeah. Definitely of my pants. They weren't just, like, chilling up there. But no, they're all like stuck to my bum from when I was shuggling my pants back on. And then to your to your when... bum, they're stuck to your bum. Yes. <laughs> I believe you, Bryony. <laughs> no, it was very unnerving because like you take off your pants and then you sit down and all this like and it was like oh no, and then you look down and it's just pebbles. I think someone bet you twenty quid you couldn't carry a load of pebbles in your fanny and your bum <laughs> to the pub. Oh, I can't. You can't tried you tried do you think there's someone that looks at this episode they're really excited like <laughs> hand movies their, fav- their yeah. favourite type of movies yeah yeah oh it's such an underrepresented genre finally they've got their I've been waiting for this episode forever <laughs> yeah I could die happy now son now it's come out they're surrounded by severed hands <laughs> they've got the whole family round <laughs> how many pebbles can we put up Bryony's ass? well <laughs> Right, there are a couple more sci-fi-based crawling hand movies, including 1963's The Crawling Hand, in which a medical student finds a severed arm on the beach belonging to an astronaut who got blown up in space. (laughs) (laughs) After taking a car up there to wank him. Yeah, it's the wanking arm. (laughs) Just won't stop wanking. So this is the opposite of The Beast with Five Fingers. In this, The Crawling Hand has a knob in it. Is that what you were going to say? Are you still worried about how many thumbs and fingers there are on this hand? It's not specified. Um, No, it's clearly someone just holding their normal attached hand into frame and (laughs) wiggling about. This is one of those movies where when it started, I was like, this is going to be really fun. And then after 10 minutes, I was like, oh. Yeah, why is it that um, most of these films about hands should be really fun, but they're not? I don't know. I was really expecting a fun time from this month's viewing. I think because no one wants to give anyone a lot of money to make a film about a severed hand. (laughs) So they just get (laughs) enough money to have a bit of hand stuff. (laughs) You know, (laughs) 10 quid or something. um, So are you saying that if it was a budget of about like a hundred million dollars and you had full-on cgi hand action that would make these films better the only way that we can see that stuff is with the adams family Mm. with thing i thought you were about to say with avatar with the next avatar film (laughs) the the way of the hand you say that but the guy who plays the thing in the adams family films does the hand stuff on a couple of these and i don't mean behind the scenes yep He's a hand man. Oh, really? Because with the Adams family, it's just a, well, with the newer stuff, it's just a green screen around his arm and his hand just walking around. Yeah, but that hand gets up to all sorts of hijinks in the bloody, <laughs> and now the screaming starts, the hand just 
fucking pulls itself it just for sits a couple there, seconds. Yeah. yeah, doesn't do anything. Thing is kind of the high watermark for Severed Hands, and once you've seen Thing, all the others just look a bit shit. Yeah. I, I, I would argue not, because I think the green screen hand effects are way less fun than when it's a mechanical puppet hand, half the time of which they haven't quite figured out how to make it cruel because they didn't get it quite right. I don't know whether he still does, but there used to be a guy that would sell battery-powered little cats and dogs that would move a bit in the middle of uh, Wood Green High Road. Right. Not in the middle of the road, but... Um, <laughs> and you'd be, you'd be like, oh, these are cute, but there was something about them being a bit crap in that they wouldn't walk properly. They just kind of mm. crawl lethargically and then yeah. in a really sinister way, they'd bump against the side of the wooden crate that he'd put them in. And I just imagine the severed hands are a bit like that. I love those things. I bought a panda like that. It wasn't just a walking panda. It had a little bit of leaf in its mouth. And as it walked, it played the lambada really... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you've got no money to make a horror film, you could use that as the thing that (laughs) you could get them. I wish I still had it, but my mate Ruth was really scared of it, so I think she killed it. Yeah, that'd be really creepy if you heard the Lombarda and you know the panda's going to get you. Panda's back. Yeah. Maybe all the robot hands in these movies were made out of bits of those pandas, so they they had to kind of like put all the soundtrack in later because it was just the Lombarda music. (laughs) Every scene. <laughs> and they couldn't afford the rights. Yeah. So, oh, it's going to be too expensive to use the Lombarda. We'll have to get the music from The Shining instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we have cunningly composed by using a time machine. Yeah, that's the cheapest way. Don't pay for the Lombarda. Invent the time machine. Pay for time travel. Or in time. Nick it off. Sneak it off old Sneaky Stanley. Sneak it Sneaky Stan. (laughs) Ah, you've been stuck upon Stan this time. So a lot of these films, like the hands are a bit shit and they don't do anything. At least in Severed Ties, the hand is a bit different and looks, you know, fun. At least it's fun. Yeah, it's half arm, half lizard. Yeah, it's great. The fingers look like little hands as well. Yeah, that yeah, are coming yeah. off of it. Was Usner involved in this at all? Because it had that kind of vibe to it. Brian Usner, it, oh, it yeah. so wanted to be, didn't it? It so wants to be Reanimator. Mm. I think my favourite thing about Severed Ties, which isn't a very good film, um, actually KMB did the effects on it. Since you ask, so yeah, the effects are decent. But my favourite thing—they make peanuts. KNB, not KP. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, they invented a hand so good for picking up peanuts. They're like, "Well, let's That's use all this." That's it could do. Literally, just open peanuts, and it couldn't like feed you the peanuts. It would just open the peanuts and then just chuck them all over the floor. No, my favourite thing about Severed Ties is the alternative titles. <laughs> it's also known as Army. My turn with Army. Oh, I love that. Army. That's so That's shit, very good. but in a very, very good way. But the version we watched of it, the on-screen title is The Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's not been done before. Oh, no, the other thing I like is the um, end credits, because (laughs) there's lots of kind of homeless tramp characters in it, and they're called things like Thin Bum, (laughs) Horny Bum, and my favourite, James Clermont as One-Eyed Bum. <laughs> it's, it's like some sort of twisted Snow White scenario, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Snow White as directed by Brian Usher. Yeah, Snow White and the Seven Bums. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> White and the Seven Comes. Yeah, yeah. Seven Bums. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
the thing with each of these films so far is uh, only one hand each. What if the same, but multiple hands, enter 1980's Demonoid Messenger of Death. Uh, a Mexican film. Um, I like this a lot. It's very funny. I think I watched it for like an hour and ten and then I got bored. What? How can you be bored yeah. of this? It's like The Borrower, but it was with hands. The Borrowers. I like The Borrowers. Not the borrowers. Tiny the hands, borrower. Tiny hands. <laughs> tiny borrowers. All they borrow is gloves. It's just buttons. Oh, little gloves they don't have. No, the, the John McNaughton horror film, The Borrower. We've watched it on the uh, Alien Invasion episode. I can't remember her bloody name, but the main actress in this is awesome. Samantha Egger. Yeah. From The Brood. She always brings the weird and thoroughly commits to whatever mad shit is going on. Well, she made it the same year as The Brood, I think, which it must have been a bit of a step down from working with Cronenberg and Oliver Reed to mm. doing this fucking weird shit. At least with this, she got to go somewhere that was presumably a bit sunnier than icy cold Canada for The Brood. Yeah, LA. Um, there's a hotel in the film called The Cottage Inn. I imagine people going, oh, I'm just going Cottage Inn. And hey. they call all sorts of misunderstandings there. I mean, that's a place a disbodied hand could really shine. For all its charms, Demonoid only ever has one disembodied hand on screen at a time, which isn't an accusation you can make against Clive Barker's The Body Politic, one half of the made-for-TV anthology movie Quicksilver Highway. I think it's a shit, but... It is, it's terrible. It was terrible. Okay, you've got to do this right. Get your phones out, get your phones out. Listeners too, get your phones out. Cynthia Garris, who plays the Doctor's beautiful sexy wife in Quicksilver Highway... Blonde woman, got, um, you know, gets her tits out and all that. Uh, she's very sexual in the film. Cynthia Garris, look her up on IMDb. Let's have a look at her photo. Oh, oh she's looking good. She's looking, <laughs> she's oh, looking yeah. hot. <laughs> the fuck? It's her in makeup, some alien film. Apparently, that's her in Critter's Toe. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you had a, a whole career. And that's the photo on IMDb. If you go through every single picture, there's none actually. The next picture is her just looking at a man in a boat. And then she's just randomly in the background of another picture. And then she's not even in. It's just Michael Jackson and Thriller. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about this film is I feel it may have been written by a disembodied hand. Because it's very (laughs) pro-hand. But there's a whole bit... Where like, because Christopher Lloyd's like the kind of the creepy guy with you know this sort of linking bit, and he looks like he's dressed to go to like a Rocky Horror Show or something. I thought he was like Uncle Fester, but if Uncle Fester shopped at the goth stores in Camden Market in the early nineties, yeah, yeah, hot Uncle Fester. <laughs> but he was like, ah, oh, but who really made Michelangelo's David? Was it was it a hand or was it Michelangelo? Who did it really? I, I mean. Michelangelo. And also, there was no spooky, like, ghost or demon or anything in this, right? The hands just were like, you know what? Fuck this. We're gonna... We're gonna really? rebel. Yeah. <laughs> I've read the Clive Barker story this is based on, oh, really? and it's not one of his better efforts, but it really? kind of works because, <laughs> it, because it's... Because it's fucked up and mad and you're like, yeah, some of Clive Barker's more insane bits of his imagination works better on the page than it does in any attempt to do it on the screen. And this is definitely an example of that. And then you've like the stupid squeaky voices for the hands and it's just... Yeah, I did think the bits where the hands talk to each other probably played better on the page than when they just had the bloke do weird squeaky voices and move his hands. While we're talking about anthology segments, there's also Disembodied Hand starring Christopher Lee in Dr. Terror's House of Horrors from 1967. 
quite like the, the hand effect in this one. Was it yeah, the same good. hand as that now the screaming starts? Or wasn't it made by the same company? Yeah, Amicus only had one robot yeah. hand. So <laughs> they got from the KP people. It was like, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the end, it was just like one finger with a bit of peanut dust on yeah. it. And they were like, we've worked the hand too hard. <laughs> Who's been taking it home at night? And what have you been doing with it? <laughs> it can only do one motion, really, can it? Just like, exactly. You know, you can make it work for you. That motion that that one hand does. <laughs> We sort of wound up a bit. I think I think you could have some fun with it at the Amicus Studios. At Halloween, most supermarkets used to sell that hand that you could just switch on. Oh, yeah. And it, just, it walks around like in a circle. Did that play the Lombarda as well, or was it another yeah. tune? <laughs> Cheeky Girls, touch my bum. Nice. No, Cheeky Girls, um, take your shoes off. Is that a Cheeky Girls song? Yeah. Take your shoes off, take your shoesy shoes off. And touch my bum with your shoesy yeah. shoes. Take your shoesy shoes off. Touch my bum, put your shoes, shoes back on and leave. That's all they want. <laughs> That's all anyone all wants, wants, really. Just don't mess up yeah. the carpet. Touch my bum. Yeah, exactly. Go. <laughs> That's all she ever let Lemba Opic do. One bum touch. Yeah. Don't worry about the pebbles. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, he's got it. He's got it. He's got yeah. it. <laughs> Take your shoes off and feel free. Hang on. We love our teenage lives. Disco fever never dies. Shake it, shake it, move it, move it. Take your shoes off and feel the freedom. And take your shoesies off. Whoa. I mean, I like I like to see my fellow devils prepare for the podcast. I was not expecting you to have printed out the lyrics to a completely irrelevant Cheeky Girls song. What the fuck's going on there? Sorry, is there a relevant Cheeky Girls song to this conversation? Yeah, I took my hand off. And I put it in the shuttle and it got covered in jizz from Jeff Bezos. That one that we all remember. That one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone That's my favourite that cheeky else. So. Yep. So I lent them a pen once in a hotel bar. Them? <laughs> yeah. There was some unidentified boy band they were chatting to and they were going to swap numbers, but they didn't have a pen between them. Five boys, two cheeky girls, cheeky girls manager mum. Not a single pen between them, so I had to lend them my pen. So you, you didn't just meet the cheeky girls, you met Mama Cheeky as well. Oh, yeah. Cheeky Mum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cheeky Mama. I think she writes all their songs, doesn't she? Because I think that's very much a mum thing to make you take your shoes off. Like, please touch your shoes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's next? What's next? That's a good question. Um, in Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, which we didn't talk about at all, <laughs> the guy who loses his hand is an artist. And that brings us on to our next two films. Firstly, Michael Caine in Oliver Stone's The Hand. Uh, the Hand, an early Oliver Stone film. Um, it's all right, isn't it? Starring Oliver Stone as a bum. It did indeed star him as Touch My Bum. <laughs> that, that, no, on the, in the end credits, he's credited as Touch My Brackets Bum. <laughs> Um, I didn't mind this one. This is one that it was it was terribly boring, um, but watchable. And I've got an acting fact. It's not about Michael Caine. Bryony's acting facts. Bryony's acting facts. She saw an actor and something else. Cause that's what they do. They act. Hold on to your hat. Bryony's acting facts. Were they in Star Trek or something else in a sci-fi category? Too short of anything. The unnerving child in this film is the main unnerving child in Mommy Dearest. Oh, right. Okay. 
That's my acting fact. She has that great line in Mommy Dearest where she goes, Jesus Christ, which just sounds like a middle-aged woman uh, with a small child's body. Right. It's kind of very similar in this film. She just looks like she should be a middle-aged woman, um, but in a small child's body. Jesus Christ, take your shoes off. (laughs) (laughs) You know something that never, ever happens in any of these films is that when someone gets their hand cut off, as a brilliant scene in this film where Michael Caine uh, is sticking his hand out of a car window and then a truck drives into it. No one ever goes, oh, that was my wanking hand. (laughs) That's the line you always want Michael Caine to say, don't you? Yeah. Oh, that was my wanking (laughs) Hand. Oh, that was my wanking hand. Mr. Wayne, that was my wanking hand. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to get you, Carter. That was my wanking hand. (laughs) You were meant to blow the bloody wanking hand off. (laughs) You're a big man, but you're out of shape. And that was my wanking (laughs) hand. Spirit, show me my wanking hand. I've not seen Jaws of Revenge, but I believe it is terrible. However, I have seen the wanking hand it brought me. And it's fantastic. Yes. So that doesn't happen in this film. No. No, I quite like this one. Yeah, the, the pacing is very, very off. It is pretty slow, but I think it's nicely made and I think it's a good Michael Caine performance. He um, properly commits to the mad stuff at the end. There's a brilliant Michael Caine shouting bit where he goes something like, I was going to go to Reno. And there's a um, guy in the bar that he's talking to who says that he's going to go to LA to yeah. two weeks shacked up at the beach with 115 pounds of pussy. Now, I don't want a body shame or anything, but that just sounds like too much pussy. Very large vagina. Very large. It's a very, very large vagina. Imagine, imagine how many pebbles you could get into that. <laughs> oh, you get the whole fucking beach up there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably by accident, just like there's the suction. <laughs> there's actually fewer wanking references in these hand films than I was expecting generally. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Maybe in the first draft of this, or the other one that's got a cartoonist in, it was originally just some guy loses his wanking hand, and they're like, well, it's good, but we need to actually kind of maybe develop this slightly. We know some people that draw comics. Can we make him a comic book artist? It's like, okay. No, it's wanking hand or I leave. It's Lance's <laughs> yeah. before, before they made him a comic artist, he was just a chronic <laughs> masturbator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, all, all the signs are there. He's got he's got a wandering eye. His wife is pissed off with him. He doesn't really connect with his child because he's in his shed wanking all the time. Michael Caine probably got the script. Like, well, I like the idea of the hand, but I have some profession other than masturbating, please. <laughs> Could I get Carter and not just keep wanking the whole time? <laughs> Should I fight the Zulus or do I have to keep just masturbating the whole script? <laughs> On the plus side, though, at least we know what the Italian job was. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even go to Italy in the script. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just get an Italian man in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's me, Mario. Thank you for watching yeah. The Beast with Five Fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wank off this Cockney man now. <laughs> <laughs> and last one before our second feature and rather less classy than Michael Caine in an Oliver Stone film it's a quite annoying Canadian comedy horror called Bloody Knuckles uh, in which the guy who has his hand cut off by gangsters is the creator of a series of willfully offensive comics uh, although I will say the opening titles where you see the front pages of those comics is quite funny there's some good good artwork in that but the rest of the film, fuck off. Yeah, the opening titles, um, there's some fun uh, underground comics-y stuff. Also good use of 
Touch Me, I'm Sick by Mud Honey. Oh, yeah. uh, but that does very much put in mind the fact that this film feels very, very early 90s mm. in the sense of the kind of comics that they are, in the sense that it's all about selling out to the man and just basically like a bargain basement kind of Kevin Smith type thing. It's a film where a man makes his hand come back to life by being sick on it. <laughs> yep. It wasn't for being sick on it. If you actually look in the drain um, <laughs> next to it is the is the liquid that the man drunk at the start of the film dropped into the drain next to it. So must have done something when he vomited to wake it up more. I mean, it's the sort of film where at the end there's a big black dildo with a swastika armband because the director obviously got, oh, fuck, I forgot to put a big black dildo with a swastika armband in. So that's just the final scene. Sorry, say that again. It's a big black dildo with a swastika on it. Yeah. I think it tries too hard to want to be edgy. Just a bit. <laughs> Which end is the swastika on? It's halfway up. Oh, it's halfway, halfway up. up. Yeah, it's got a little um, an armband. Little, little armband. Yeah. Okay, that makes total sense. I thought that's that's all my curiosity about that film satiated. Thank you. How were you picturing it? He was just trying to find it on Amazon. He, he didn't know what to search. <laughs> I thought it could be on like the bell end. Like it could be like you know a swastika on the bell end. Like a embossed one, you know, for like extra stimulation or something. Oh, like you've got? Yeah, like my one. I thought they, because <laughs> yeah. I thought I had that custom made, and the guy was like, "I never made anything like this before. Are you sure?" <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought it was just like that. But does anybody else do this? Where you have like any kind of random phrase? There's always a tune that you fit it to. <laughs> okay, looking forward to this. So the the swast- What was it you said? Um... The swastika on the bell end. Swastika on the bell end. That's it. Yeah, that that really fits the tune of Swastika on the bell end. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that. <laughs> That's like, pretty good. They're called Deep Purple for a reason. Hey, the tune that I always do with the phrase of that particular number of words is "Girlfriend in a Coma" by the Smiths. I started doing that one day when there was a dead wasp on the window because that nothing fits it better than a dead wasp on the window. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little insight into my life there. Not anything to do with anything. I mean, I genuinely thought you were telling us what song you always sing Swastika on a bell end to. Swastika on a bell end. Yeah, it's bewitching. Swastika on a bell end, I know. That's actually from Morris's uh, new album where he's doing more kind of relevant covers of his old songs. Yeah, he's he's really happy. Well, it's also Say What You See for him these days as well. (laughs) (laughs) Where he looks in the mirror. Where he looks in the mirror, but also when he looks down in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Morris, he always looks down. He's very depressed. That's true, yeah. And staying in the comedy horror vein. I can't believe I've got the word vein in the script. Vein, yeah. <laughs> Our second feature is directed by Rod. Fuck's sake. Rodman Flender. That's not a real Rodman name. on a Flender. Oh, no. 1999's Idle Hands. Anton Tobias never had much on his mind. Don't you think you should have, like, a goal? And he always had time on his hands. Four bodies have been discovered, and the killer is still at large. Until one of them got a mind of its own. I have no control over my hands. Ah! Makes me do things I don't want it to do. I'm going to call 911. What's the number? I'm not the killer. Now... His hand won't stop. His friends won't die. Dead. Undead, actually. There was this big, bright white light at the end of a long tunnel. That's what happened. 
We were like, forget that, man. It's too far. And the only way to stop it is to keep it busy. The comedy that dares to give scary movies the backhand, idle hands. Why is that trailer so coy? It's like they've replaced fuck it with forget that. And the comedy that gives horror movies the backhand. What kind of (laughs) phrase is that? Well, because it's about hands, you know, they're trying to do a pun. Yeah, hand puns. The tagline is the comedy that gives horror movies the finger. Ah. Yeah, but they, they, oh, fuck it out. Anyway, teenager Anton is such a stoner that it takes him ages to realise that his parents are dead and that he killed them because his hand is possessed. And then he does end up cutting it off and it goes around doing what severed hands do. Actually, I think this might be my favourite of the ones we've watched this month. (laughs) Well, at least it had more like hand action. I mean, I chose this with a thick, thick, creamy layer of nostalgia because I watched this when I was a kid and was like, this is so great. Oh my God, it's a Jew. And then I rewatched it as a 34-year-old woman. I was like, no, no, I was a moron. Yeah, the the humour is far too, um, it's not really my thing. It's far too juvenile for me. I only enjoy the more obscure works of Oscar Wilde. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> the importance of being spermist. <laughs> and I remember watching it when I was, yeah, a teenager. And yeah, like Bridie says, like, oh, yeah, oh, my God. Oh, it's so cool, so edgy. And then later on, like, I mean, it's a bit mean-spirited in some ways. You know, there's that bit where one of the zombies is going to get his end away and then she dies horribly. And he's like, oh, I was going to get laid. And his wisecracking zombie friend's like, oh, yeah, but you could see the insides for an hour. It was something like that. There's something sort of horrible along those lines. (laughs) And he's not bothered by his parents being dead at all, is he? He just doesn't give it. Like, they barely even come up again. They didn't come back to life. He just he just didn't care. He's too cool. He's too much of a cool stoner. If I'd seen this when I was a teenager, I would probably have loved it. But unfortunately, I'm not. And this was a first time watch for me. And um, it's okay. I mean, like the um, upside down head gory effects bits were quite good. Um, it's very much got a vibe of me and my mates are making a film for a laugh, albeit that they got a substantial budget to do that with. But um, yeah, it's just a bit meh, really. It's okay. Why does Mick, the one played by Seth Green, look like a 50-year-old version of Eli Roth? <laughs> and why, why is he the, hanging around with two teenage boys? Seth Green is one of those people who would probably always be playing teenagers, even as a middle-aged man. I know the name, but I don't think I've seen him in anything else ever. He's in the original It as one of the kids. Oh, is he? Yeah, and he's now making a sitcom with his bored ape, NFT. I'm sure that'll be... Usually successful. Absolutely. He's one of the people that does robot chicken, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like somebody went, what if like the bits with toys from the Adam and Joe show, but without any charm and with American dude bros? Yeah. One of my favourite things about this film and films of this period in time was they'd always have some kind of pop punk band like Real Big Fresh or in this case, The Offspring turn up. He does get a good head rip thing going on. He gets scalped. I was watching it thinking, this is the most offspring thing I've ever seen without having the offspring on the soundtrack. Then the offspring showed up. (laughs) (laughs) There was a period in time, like in the sort of 90s, early 2000s, where literally every team-based comedy had like the big dance and one of those bands would be in it. Yeah. And I really need to compile a list because I'm obsessed with it because it's like years later, it was like, where the fuck are they? It's it's great. And everyone gets so excited about The Offspring. It's like, why are you excited about these 50-year-old men in your school? It's basically the embodiment of the Deftones video back in school when he's like super old and just like in school and everyone's really excited. But it's like, why is this grown man in my school? 
That is one of my favourite karaoke songs to do, though, Back to School. It's a fucking great, great karaoke song. But why is the video in it? Well, he's in a school, it's called Back to School, it makes sense. But why is no one alarmed by this? Like, if there was just some grown man in my school, I would have been very um, concerned. All your teachers were children, weren't they? Yeah. (laughs) Explain how you've turned out the way you have. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Luke? This is the one that I've had the most fun with out of all of these. I imagine it's quite like Paul Bart Moorcock. I don't hate it like Paul Blart Mallcop. Um, I thought you loved Paul Blart Mallcop. I fucking hate Paul Blart Mallcop. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, it was Paul Blart Mallcop too, you like? Yeah, I hate that as well. I saw that in the oh. cinema. and um, Oh, you hated the first one so much you went and saw the sequel in the cinema? That's what I'm like. I went and saw Sex and City 2 in the cinema even after hating the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all the paranormal activity films in the cinema even after hating number four. I still carried on watching them. <laughs> That's all right. The fifth one must have been a nice surprise because it's great. What, when the game Simon gets possessed? Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's more more interesting than a boring old Ouija board. Yeah, that does, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had fun with this. It, it's quite weird. I know this was like in 1999, so we were about to get to... 9-11. The party's about to be over. You can't just be a stoner anymore. You've got to go to war. Yeah. No more pop-punk fun times for yeah. you, sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Green Day are going to start going political. Yeah. Boy. Oh, gosh. But no, I, um, it was the opening titles for me. It does such serious opening titles. Oh, did you think so? I thought I was reminded of Spawn. I got reminded of Dude, Where's My Car? Like the... Well, I got seven vibes from the opening titles. I thought they were trying to be like... Um... Uh, really? fucking, yeah, the um, well, the the song is fe- well, the song, the music is very um, Nine Inch Nails. Did I watch some kind of weird version? The opening credits is like <laughs> the song is like fucking closer from um, the. It's a bit different than the pop punk they play later yeah. on. Um, I think that's the thing that's that's the thing that's weird about this. I think the opening feels a lot more serious than the rest of the film. Like the when they when they get in bed at first and they see that on the ceiling. Um, mm. And then there's the actual him under the bed, like you don't know it's him until later on in the film. And I think that works, but it did have the vibes of like what used to happen in Scream, where the person would get killed at the beginning of the film, and then the title would come up, and you'd have the mm. pop punk song playing. So it does exactly that. I think it could have carried on more with that serious tone to it, of people not really knowing who's who's killing them in their homes, because like, there's the whole people having their ears chopped off and yeah. stuff. Mm. It's actually like really simple plotting. It just barrels along, and I like that about it, you know. I wasn't really into it until the bit where the police turn up. He kills the police with the knitting needles. That's good. And after that, it's just great all the rest of the way through. Um, once once all the stoner comedy's out of the way. Again, very few wanking jokes for stoner comedy about hands. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't go hard. Uh, I'll say that. It, yeah. it's, 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 <laughs> got, it's got a lightness of... No, no, I mean, it's got a lightness of touch. It's It's... Uh, mm. Sorry, <laughs> you're so childish. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing a podcast with such such immature people. <laughs> the guy that does the hand in this is the same who plays Thing in um, Adam's Family. Well, you can kind of tell because like the hand actually has personality, mm. unlike some of the lethargic sort of thumbless wonders we've seen this month. <laughs> thumbless wonders. <laughs> I wonder if he's still working. No, he st- it looks like he stopped in uh, 1999 when he was in Angel and he played The Hands uh, in one episode of Angel and that was it for him. I uh, wonder, if, wonder if he got arthritis or something. Yeah, that is a danger. <laughs> I, and then when he was um, diagnosed in the doctor's office, his first reaction was, 
Oh no, my wanking hand! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, what more appropriate time is there to say fingers on buzzers? Uh, Simon, what have you brought along to make a noise? Uh, I've brought along... Better not be your uh, swastika vibrator. Uh, I brought along my mug. I could just flick it to make a noise. Uh, so it's Simon and Bryony versus Luke and Emily. Here's your first pair of scary noises. Don't you know about my face? I've heard stories. Nobody's ever seen it, have they? Except my other navigators. And they're all dead. So they are. They say you lost most of your jaw in the crack of 92. And my right eye in 95. And my nose and my left eye in 97. No, nothing. I know the music. I know it, but I don't know it. Mm. Um, the man with no face. It's not the man with no face. <laughs> is the music severed ties? Yeah, it is. And the dialogue was Death Race 2000. Uh, yeah, Frankenstein. That's right, yeah. Uh, number two. Anger. Mantra has changed minimally. The face on the right is now employed. Yes, Emily. Uh, the dialogue is from the hand. It is. Music? Uh, don't know, but it was funky. Luke? Uh, I can't. Cool runnings. It's not cool runnings. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Simon and Bryony, can you get the music? Anger. Mantra has changed minimally. The face on the right is now employing a new element. Displaying violent emotion in a simple way with bare teeth. In this manner, we have displayed the entire series of emotions with a minimum of expressive lines. I eat the church, I eat the government. Yeah, Halloween 3, Jamaica on fire. <laughs> you're just going with the cool running thing. You're both determined that it's something to do with Jamaica. It does sound, I mean, it sounds, it's got a reggae flavour. So did UB40, they weren't anywhere <laughs> near Jamaica. Um, no, it was Barbarian. Oh, it's when he's singing in the car. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm going to watch that tonight, just after this finishes. Is Alex out then? Yeah, she's you've out. Got, yeah. You've got a free slot for horror. Got a free horror slot. She's out uh, out <laughs> doing a gig, so pizza and horror. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Number three. Why'd you do it, Because I was fucking sick of being cute. What? He said he could make me tall. You're small. You're blind. Pleased to meet you. Jeez. Blind kids, a midget. Dwarf. Dwarf. Dykes on bikes. We could start a sideshow. Watch your mouth, you little creep. Is the music the crawling arm? It's not the crawling hand, no. Anyone? Like, the music was no. demonoid. The dialogue was Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Of course. Of course it was. Halfway through, and it's 2 0 to Luke and Emily. Here's number four. Remember the combination, Dad? Five bones has the compass. No, no, you'll mix me up. Eight bones has the compass. Wow! Yes, Bernie. The music's Little Shop Horrors. Yep. Oh, yeah. Dialogue? Was uh, it another screaming star? It's the dialogue. No, it wasn't, no. Uh, Luke and Emily, can you get the dialogue? Remember the combination, Dad? Five bones has the compass. No, no, you'll mix me up. Eight bones has the compass. Five, the metacarpus. Fourteen, the phalanges. All in all, all in all, twenty-seven. All in all. Abracadabra. 
Abracadabra. It's kind of beautiful. Oh, I want to go watch Little Shop of Horrors now. Uh, is is that the crawling hand? No, that was the beast with five fingers. Oh, cock weasels. Number five. What did I do? What is wrong with me? Please just tell me so maybe I can get better. I don't want to end up like mom or I want to be dancing on the screen like... Yeah, Luke. Uh, the dialogue is Pearl. Yes, it is Pearl. Yeah. Music. Idle hands. Yeah, well done. Bonus point. Hmm. Let's listen what to that What did I do? What is wrong with me? Please just tell me so maybe I can get better. I don't want to end up like mom or I want to be dancing up on the screen like the pretty girls in the pictures. I want what they have so badly. To be perfect. To be loved from as many people as possible to make up for all my time spent suffering. It's 5-1 to Luke and Emily, so you've already won. But here's the last pair. What does it mean? I'll tell you what it means. Absolutely nothing. Yes, Simon. That dialogue is from Now the Screaming Starts, right? No, it's not. (laughs) What? And uh, music, uh, Brian A. Simon. No, do you know Emily knows it? Give it yes. Emily. This is my Christmas present from me to thee, is you shitting all over us. All right, Thank well, you. Uh, let's play it through sure first. What does it mean? I'll tell you what it means. Absolutely nothing. What makes you so sure? For turning the future with a pack of cards. Complete rubbish. Why are you afraid to try something? Afraid? To participate in your ridiculous party game. The dialogue is Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. It is. Music? I don't know, and that's bugging me because it feels like I should know. Do you know what the music is, Luke? It's not Nope, is it? Nope. It's uh, Speak No Evil. Yeah. That's 6-1 to Luke and Emily. So it's a big hand for Luke and Emily and just a small finger in for Bryony and Simon. Preferable, preferable. Fine, yeah. (laughs) Yeah? Okay, good. (laughs) Simon, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Is your improv group Do The Thing doing anything in the coming weeks, months, Uh, whatever? No. Well, we're doing something ever. I just haven't booked anything in yet. Listeners, if you're in the Brighton area or anywhere else they might be playing, look out for them because they're really, really good. But we're not done yet because we've got our highs and lows of 2022's new horror releases to uh, run through. Uh, Simon, what have you gone for? Um, I'd say high was probably, I'd say men, just because it had weird stuff I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, a- apart from Brian Jusner's films. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my high. And uh, low was Scream, the new one. Just yeah. so shit. Like My high is uh, is X. I saw it twice in the cinema and just in, I enjoyed it even more the second time. Um, and I'm excited to see Maxine. Didn't wish you were watching uh, Full Blood Mall Cop 2 again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my low is a film called A Cloud So High. It was one of my low a few months ago, yeah. but it played at one film festival um, that I was at. And it has never seen the light of day again after <laughs> March. It hasn't played anywhere else. And it's really, really bad. Okay. Emily? I was going to go with men as well, just because it is brilliant and weird. Um, but I'm going to go two highs in that case that aren't that. One of them, well, nope, not a perfect movie, but definitely an interesting one. I know I always say that. That's like my, but yeah, that was, that was cool. Um, and the other one, I don't know if that was a 22 release, but um, Broadcast Signal Intrusion. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's an interesting, paranoid, weird little movie. Really liked yeah, it. Yeah, it's amazing. Bridie? We all mentioned X and Men um, and Nope and, you know, yeah, all really good. So I, I'm going to scramble my brains and say The Black Phone, which I wasn't expecting to enjoy so much, but I did. Oh, okay. um, I think we've had a really good year for horror this year. Um, and my low is only low because it was slightly disappointing was, was Scream. Um, I didn't think it was shit. I just thought it was a bit disappointing. But I think we've been um, spoilt this year. Long may it continue. Well, as X is so popular, uh, that is my high, but I will replace it with... So it's not really a horror film, but it is dark. Nitram, the Australian film. Oh, Oh, um, I really want to see that. About a uh, uh, mass murder, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? A massacre man. Mass shooting. A mass shooter. It's got Dirty Boy that was in there. Oh, Dirty (laughs) Caleb Landry Giants. Oh, my lovely, lovely Dirty Boy. Yeah, it's got him in it. He's really lovely in Nitram. So lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Does he play a shooter? Does he play someone who's a bit... He's the shooter. That's my type, man. I swear to God. Not actual shooters, just people who look like they could flip. Well, that's when I saw him in it. I was like, oh, finally, he's got the one opportunity to be like the, <laughs> the star of the film. <laughs> the creepiest man ever. And my low is um, Smile, which was just dog shit. <laughs> I still really liked it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, it took a lot to knock uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre off the uh, bottom, but, but Smile managed it. I completely forgot about that. How did I forget about that that came out this year? None of us have mentioned Halloween Ends either. Uh, oh, just give up. I haven't seen it. Again, yeah. Halloween Kills was the worst film. That was my 2021 worst film, I think. Same but, with me. Uh, I didn't watch Ends yet. Right, so what are we doing next month? Bryony, it's your choice. Ah, post-scream slashes, isn't it? Post-scream slashes. And what do you want as one of the features? Cherry Falls, bitches. Cherry Falls. And Luke and Emily, what do you want to pick as the other feature? I was going to pick House of Wax, but... <laughs> I was going to say, go with I Know What You Did Last Summer. That's a good okay. shout. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you all right with that? Yeah. I, I, know I just thought did. House of Wax, and now we can speak about it still anyway. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Unless we just, you know, talk about spunk for 90 minutes. And... <laughs> well, that's what Cherry Falls is basically about, so mm. get your spunk puns ready again. <laughs> get your spunk out. Get your spunk out. Cherry balls. <laughs> Before or during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Save it up till next month. Yeah. Oh, me. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up another year of Devil Times 5. Thanks as ever for listening. Come back for more in January and have a happy new year. Now, wash your hands. <laughs>